to Leitner. Puts it up. You're listening to the Culture State Podcast. Get ready. Welcome back to the Culture State Podcast. Um, Dennis, the the timing was very interesting for last week. I'm Chris Lee. That's Dennis Cox. Thank you guys for listening to another episode. Last week's episode, we decided to drop in uh, Duke's uh, new AD who will take the helm on September 1st, Nina King. That same day, as after the podcast was released, uh, there were rumblings about Coach K retiring from Duke. In that episode, you heard me ask Nina King, you're going to have to replace Coach K at some point. She said she will be prepared. Well, it looks like <laughs> they, were, they had to be prepared yeah. because Coach K did decide to retire. The news came about, came out of it that day. And then the next day, there was a, a press conference on um, – on what was that june the third so uh this episode we had to make this about coach k yeah it's interesting because not too long ago we did our reflection on roy williams and his retirement Mm -hmm. now coach k is going to coach this one more season so it's not immediate he is going to coach one more year but just sitting there to think about that in the next year and a half we're going to look on the sidelines of Duke and Carolina playing against one each other, whether it be at the Smith Center or at Cameron Indoor, and it's going to be Hubert Davis and now John Shire, who's now no Roy, been announced no to Coach be K. yeah, no Roy, no <laughs> Coach K. It, it, for lack of a you know better term here, Coach K is Duke basketball. Yeah, let's just put it that way. If you look at Carolina basketball, yes, Roy's been there. Dean Smith was there long before that, but before Coach K, yeah. Duke wasn't the powerhouse that we know it to be. You know, they had some good coaches beforehand, but absolutely right. Like they, they weren't the powerhouse. They weren't uh, the team that every single year you were looking for them being a top in the nation. And so because of that, I think, you know, John Shire will actually have more pressure on him than Hubert Davis at Carolina. You have two legends that have already been on the sideline. So for, for, Carolina, you know that you don't need the legend necessarily um, for the the program to go on. The program is going to go on because they were fine with Matt Doherty besides one year. They were fine with uh, um, I'm having a brain fart. Guthridge. They were fine with Bill Guthridge, (laughs) um, you know, for those three years. And then, you know, another legend, Roy Williams, happened to come along. So it's proven that, okay, it's not just about Dean Smith. This is about what North Carolina is. Mm-hmm. Duke doesn't have that experience. You know, for 42 years, they didn't have to worry about getting another coach. No. And now when a new coach comes in, is it going to be, you know, business as usual, how it's been for the entire time Duke has uh, had men's college basketball besides the 40 years Coach K is going to be there? Uh, are they going to go back down to, you know, it's not like they were bad, but, you know, in and out of the top 10, um, some mediocrity there, not a, a top program, or will they continue on? So there's a lot of pressure on John Shire in my eyes. There definitely is. It's it's amazing how it's amazing that one person could stay in one place for so long, <laughs> you know, especially in today's just the revolving door of people moving to different coaching positions and so on. Uh, and, and also it's crazy to think that coach K coached with, with Bob Knight at, at Indiana yeah. way back in the day before he even got to Duke. So it's just, there's a, 
a long connection there of just great coaches that have ended up here in the triangle and in coach K's influence, Chris, we talked to ninth wonder in one of our earlier episodes. If you haven't listened to it on the culture Steve podcast, go back and listen to our episode with ninth wonder. The, that is a fantastic episode and ninth wonder. Who's a music producer with little brothers worked with people like Beyonce, Jay-Z Rhapsody. Uh, he is taught as a professor, many of coach K's players and Chris, you actually had a chance to talk to ninth wonder at coach K's press conference in terms of the impact that coach K has had on him. Absolutely. I mean, it was a star studded affair both days for coach K's press conference and John Shires, who's was the day after to kind of introduce him as the head coach in waiting, but at coach K's, uh, you know, ninth wonder showed up there and he was a part of the festivities because he's a, a big part of that Duke basketball program, um, being someone, as he said, and, you know, like you said, go back and listen to the episode. He's taught a lot of the players that have come through that we've watched, you know, get picked, um, you know, in the NBA draft. He's he's taught a lot of those lottery picks. Um, and, you know, if you know anything about ninth in, in his personal life, he loves Duke University. Mm -hmm. He loves uh, what the, the school has, stand, has, has stood for and some of the history uh, at Duke and how Duke has been um, traditionally uh, a forward thinking school when it comes down to race relations. Um, you know, back in the 1920s or whenever it was, the, the school hired out a black architect to design the chapel, to design Cameron Indoor Stadium. They didn't have to do that at the time. And that was a time where a lot of black um, professionals couldn't get into those types of doors. Yeah. The, this, those buildings that we see on Duke's campus, that is just so uh, iconic. Mm -hmm. It was designed by a black man. And so those are things that Ninth Wonder loves about the university. So I asked him, along with that, being a fan of Duke and being a fan of Coach K, what is it that you've taken from Duke and the way that Coach K has led his team into your personal life, into the way that you teach your classes and the way that you run your label? How do you take those things and what have you taken from them um, to uh, run those things and become the leader that you've become? You know, the management of egos, uh, management of egos and just leadership qualities to be able to handle different personalities, right? To see what's in front of you, to give, you know, I've seen him teach different players different ways. You can't teach each player the same way, right? In the matter, in the heat of the battle, in the huddle, you know. But he knows how to get certain players going. He knows what to say to certain players, and I've done that with my label. I know how to talk to this particular artist. I know how to talk to this particular artist just by watching him on the sideline to get this person going, to get that person going. That unique leadership quality you don't get a lot, right? And 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 that's what I've watched him do for so many years. Whether I've been here in Cameron or watch on TV, just the heat of the battle, I carry that same thing into my label and say, okay, I need to talk to Rhapsody this way. I need to talk to Ruben Vincent this way. You can't talk to everybody the same way, but you can all have a common goal. And that's the thing. He preaches togetherness all the time. And for me, it's the same thing. It's family before anything. And that's why I kind of just watched him and just implement it into my own situation shout outs to ninth wonder for giving us a little bit of time um after uh the coach k press conference to to give that answer dennis i want to ask you this because sure. this is a takeaway and i haven't said this publicly uh i haven't written this uh, or or been you know on television talking about this but the difference between roy williams press conference 
in Coach K's press conference. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I kind of, in a way, feel like Roy Williams deserved what Coach K got. Yeah. But Roy Williams put himself down so much that he couldn't get that. So it felt mm-hmm. somber. It felt sad. He was kind of running himself down. Yeah. I'm not where I need to be as a coach. So I need to step away. I couldn't get it through to, to these guys. We were in these situations and down by this much where we could have won on the last shot and then eight times or whatever this happened and we ended up losing. And it, it really, it felt sad and it felt like that old racehorse where, you know, thank you for winning. We don't have, you know, any use for you anymore. Mm-hmm. Boom. We're going to execute you. Um, versus Coach K's felt like, wow, thank you so much. This is amazing. You know, I've uh, accomplished all this here together with some great people at a great university, and this is a joyous day, and I'm going to be focused on this next year, and we're going to try to go out and win a national championship on my very last year. It was two very different tones uh, to those press conferences, and I really feel like Roy kind of took himself out of being able to have that joyous occasion leaving did you get that sense uh when you listened um to the the two different press conferences you know that now that you mentioned it yeah i I never really thought of it from that point of view but now that you mentioned it that does yeah it kind of makes sense yeah i would say so plus as well as that plus i think as well as it's coach k announcing hey this is my final year as opposed to saying i'm stepping away effective now so i think that may be one of the part of the reason for that um so yeah, I, I I can't disagree with that. I, I I would probably say you're pretty you're pretty spot on about that. I think it's also part of the personality with Roy was that he always just like, oh here's Dagum Roy, right? Um, I think it's kind of like the running joke. Um, I say running joke, but it's but it is something that there is a little bit of self deprecation with yes. Roy, and I, I don't know maybe if that lended to that, but. I yes, yeah, so I think it's kind of a more with K. It's like here's my retirement tour is coming up as opposed to I'm done. So I think that maybe lending to like, all right, it's time to celebrate for this last year because this is my last year. If that and makes even, sense, yeah. And even with that, with Coach K, you know, he never once said, you know, oh, things are getting too fast for me. These kids are leaving yeah. too fast or anything like that. It wasn't any of that for him. It was just like it's time. Like yeah. It's it's 42 years. I'll be 75 when this season ends. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've been here for a long time. I came here when I was 33. I'm going to leave when I'm 35, uh, 75, excuse me. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it just it felt like just a normal like I've come down to the end of the road and now it'll be best if somebody takes over after this. Um, so that there's new blood in here instead of like what you said, the self-deprecating portion of it. And even with that, I think that also impacted the introduction to Hubert Davis Mm -hmm. because there was still kind of a somber cloud over that because you knew you're saying goodbye um, to uh, Roy Williams. And then there's a thought of, well, what's going to happen to the players who have transferred? What's going to happen to the players who have committed? Mm -hmm. You know, when you talk to uh, John Shire, he's like, look, Overtime Elite is a thing. Uh, NBA G League is a thing. The transfer portal is a thing. Duke will be fine. Yeah. Duke is going to have the players that we want come to Duke, and we will be fine. And and there's just a, a, a different feel. And also with Coach K saying that, hey, if I've promised a kid that I'm going to be here to coach them 
I want to be here to coach them. So I'm not going to go out on the road and recruit for, for next year. I'm going to be with my kids that I recruited for this year. Yeah. Um, and so it's just, I think it's just a, a interesting to, to get the two different perspectives and to watch how the two different uh, press conferences uh, were held uh, between Duke and North Carolina. Very interesting to me. Yeah, it's a very good point. Uh, it, you were at Coach K's press conference, so mm-hmm. I and you're at John Shire's as well. We'll actually get to John Shire more here in a sec. So I wasn't actually at both of them. So for you actually have a little bit more intimate perspective on those. Now let's switch gears here real quick to the man stepping in for Coach K after this year, someone who's already on the bench, played for Duke and John Shire. Mm-hmm. And I mean – He's been that he was a head coach for like a game or so this past season, I guess, when Coach <laughs> K was contact trace or whatever it may be. So yeah. you can guess you could say he has head coaching experience, <laughs> but um, but it's interesting how both Carolina and Duke kept things, quote unquote, in the family. Yeah. And I think, uh, you know, both are so. Both are both programs are, are have been built up so much that I think you can't have an effective person from the outside at this point lead mm-hmm. any of those schools because they're fine with what's in the family. It's not like, you know, there's been, um, you know, corruption within both programs or anything like that to where you need to get new blood from the outside to kind of change things and make PR better. Um, you know, just kind of like with, uh, you know, what happened at Penn state, um, you know, over 10 years ago. Right. Yeah. If if you had to get some new blood and that's not a situation where you can get, you know, pull within the family because obviously things weren't going right there. So I think it's the right um, idea for that to happen. John Shire is set up and, and Coach Hubert Davis is set up. Yeah. Um, John Shire, um, I think he's going to become the first um, head coach at his alma mater where he won a national championship as a player and as a coach. Yeah. And um, for the school at, a, at at the D1 level. And so that is um, something that is just unprecedented. He's going to do uh, a good job, I believe. And, you know, there's a, a system that is in place that literally all he has to do is follow. It's not like Coach K is going to be too far away. If there's a, you know, recruit that is on the fence, Duke, Kentucky, North Carolina, Guess who can hop on a Zoom really quick to try to sway you? Coach K. Coach K. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and they'd say, hey, this is my man. You know, you'll be in good hands if you come to Duke. Yeah, for sure. All right, well, we could talk about John Shire, but let's actually listen to some of his former teammates. We'll start right. actually with Gerald Henderson, who is a teammate of John Shire's, talking about the new head coach at Duke. Man, I was just overly excited, man. I've never cried uh, for anything that John Shire's done, <laughs> but he got me a little teary-eyed because he's, you know, he's my best friend, and uh, you know we were college roommates, and just it's just an awesome thing, you know. It's, you know, it's this million-dollar question. Well, you had two, two, two million-dollar questions that got answered in a day, um, you know, and they've been going on for years, and so um, you know, especially now that Roy has moved on as well. But, uh, you know, it happens to your friend. It's just like it's the coolest thing. And there were other uh, players who were there. Uh, Brian Zubek, also Lance Thomas. Those guys won the national championship in 2010 mm-hmm. with John Shire on the team. And those guys, you know, they know absolutely what it's like to 
be with that man on the court every single day. Uh, I think Brian Zubek was his uh, roommate for four years, uh, so he knows what it's like to live with him. They are really close to him. Not only do they love him as a player, they know that he'll be great as a coach. They also had things to add about what they feel like John Shire will be able to do at Duke. We've been you know, great friends since Duke, and I've come down here for K Academy and been on his coaching staff at K Academy. Um, so as a former player, you know, a lot of guys haven't been able to see him in that light for a long time. But uh, I've seen his progression at K Academy every single year. He pretty much dominates it and, uh, you know, really seen him mature as a coach. And so I really wasn't, I'd say, as surprised that he got a real shot at this one. Um, and I'm really, really excited and proud to, to, you know, have the rest of the world see how good he is. Being on a team that underperformed with the uniform on to winning the whole thing with the uniform on. He has every scenario that could happen as a head coach. So he's not going to be rattled if things don't go as they should, you know, when, you know, the, the shift of power happens, right? He's going to be ready. John is an incredible leader. We were co-captains together our senior year, and I know how he leads. And speaking of people who have won a national championship with John Shire, the mm -hmm. person who was at the tail end of his uh, college basketball career, who was with him, uh, Andre Dawkins. Yeah. Um, Andre joined us uh, when we had Culture State Radio in the month of March on 99.9 The Fan in Raleigh. Uh, he was gracious enough to join us here. But one of the reasons um, I wanted to have Andre uh, Dawkins on is because, you know, he knows John Shire. But then also his relationship with Coach K. Um, we've heard of athletes recently talking about their mental health yeah. and they wanted to take that seriously. Most recently, uh, Naomi Osaka, local connection, part owner of the NC Courage uh, professional women's soccer team. Andre Dawkins is probably one of the first modern athletes that I remember that his mental health became a story on his journey as a college athlete. He lost his sister, uh, I think it was his freshman year, um, to a car accident while he was at Duke. That same year, or it was either that same year they won a national championship or, the, or right after that. And it really bothered him uh, his sophomore and junior years. And Coach K came to him and said, hey, you need to take a step back. You need to take care of yourself. Take this year off. Yeah. And if you remember, he took a year off, came back as number 34. He was number 20, came back as number 34 his final year uh, at Duke. And so that's something where he offers a unique perspective for both guys, um, not only as uh, as a teammate and as a coach, but also just what they mean to him as uh, a person, somebody who went through a hard time uh, in his life. Yeah, I think it was. I think it's actually something. I think it's something that's pretty, pretty hard. Hard's the, the easy word to say. I was trying to find the right word. It's it's pretty hard to sit there and reflect on something that happened years prior and say I need to step away and grieve for this because oftentimes we think of grieving as something that happens immediately after someone's passing, yeah. whereas grieving can take place over a long period of time. And oftentimes that grieving, while it's no while it may not be heavy on you every single day where it's impacting your day-to-day -day life, 
grieving could still be happening throughout the rest of your life. The loss of somebody, we still think about them. You still, they still impact your life. The loss of them impacts your life in some sort of way. And for a coach to step in and to say, Hey, look, take time to take care of you. You know, as because oftentimes we think of you know, as coaches is like, Hey, you're here to help this program when we need you, you know, whatever to, for a coach to sit there and say that, I think it's pretty remarkable for them to sit there and say, look, take care of you. We'll still be here. Come back when you're ready. You were a college athlete. So, yeah. you know, the grind of doing a your coach sport. Too. <laughs> yeah. You know, the grind of doing your sport, going mm -hmm. to class, you know, trying to keep all that above water. Also, you know, dealing with your personal life at the same time. Yeah. And Andre Dawkins not only is doing that, but he's doing it at Duke. Yeah. At a place where he just won a national championship. Yeah. And now that there's there's all this pressure and all these things and this crazy thing happens in your life and you don't get a chance to deal with it. And because you you have to be at practice, you have to be in mm -hmm. class, you have to do these interviews and you haven't had a chance to deal with it. And, um, you know, it got to him. And honestly, this is just my personal opinion. If he never had to go through that, Andre Dawkins is still playing in the NBA right now. He might be. He was yeah. he was just he was so athletic and a great he he is exactly what you want in the NBA right now. He's a 6'4, mm -hmm. 6'5 player who can play defense. He's long, athletic, and can shoot. He's 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 yeah. a typical NBA guard. And mm -hmm. um, you know, it's that this kind of gotten to um his way, and he was never able to to play clearly uh, until he was able to kind of take that year. Yeah. And yeah, I can only imagine a year away from not playing basketball. You're not training and everything like that. That definitely impacts you on the floor, but let's not wait any longer, Chris. Let's go ahead and get to our conversation with Andre Dawkins right after this. Uh, we have Andre Dawkins, former Duke blue devil uh, player. Uh, of course he played uh, for coach K won a national championship. Coach K won a national championship alongside John Shire, who will be the next head coach. Uh, at Duke. Uh, first off, before we kind of get into the, the meat of all this, uh, just your initial reaction to uh, hearing that Coach K was retiring, but still going to give it a year, still going to be around for a year before he officially calls it quits. Yeah, I mean, I was I was shocked to hear it. Um, you know, it's just one of those things, you know, uh, eventually it's going to come to an end. You knew, you know, he was closer to the end in the beginning for sure. Um, but you know, it's still shocking when you hear it, but, um, you know, I mean, I'm excited that, uh, he gets to, you know, have one last ride and, you know, we all know, uh, ahead of time. So, um, I hope he gets to really enjoy this last run and, and, you know, be celebrated for everything that he's done. What's something that you enjoyed most being around coach K off, off the floor, obviously fantastic coach, but what was he like off the court to you all? Um, yeah, I mean, he's super competitive, um, and I love that. You know, I'm, I'm, I love to compete at anything. Um, you know, you ask my wife, you know, she's uh, <laughs> she's on a different team than me, then, you know, I'm going at her throat. But, yeah, so um, that was that's really cool. And, um, you know, it was really like a big family. You know, it was, you know everybody was family, and, um, you, you know, you really remember those uh, – like, you know, dinners and stuff like that. You know, I still remember 
after uh, we went out in Maui, you know, we went out for dinner and coach was just, you know, kind of having fun with us. Um, and so, you know, things like that. And then, um, you know, looking forward every year, we always had a Thanksgiving tournament. So we always had a big Thanksgiving dinner uh, with the team and coach and his family. And so, um, you know, not being able to be around your immediate family, um, but having that extended family at Duke to look forward to, you know, a big Thanksgiving meal with them every year was, was cool. Hearing that uh, he will have one more year, does that make it for somebody like yourself who used to play at Duke, won a national championship at Duke, you'll, you'll forever be a part of uh, that brotherhood and that he has one more year left. Does it make it more immediate for you to say, all right, I got to get back to Cameron for at least one more game uh, yeah. next season? <laughs> yeah, I was actually telling my wife about that. I was like, I got to get back for at least one. Um, I don't know if I got the pull to get back to the Carolina game, um, but uh, yeah, I definitely would love to get back for one and uh, maybe even get to that game out in Vegas against Gonzaga. That'll be a big time one. So, um, yeah, I definitely want to see them in person for sure before the year's over. So the secret is you're a podcaster now. So you're part of the media. The secret is yeah. apply for a credential and let them yes. know ahead of time. <laughs> yeah, I may have to do that. I think that'll be the only way I can get in. Man, I don't think I'm gonna be able to get uh get 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 uh tickets. So uh, yeah, I may I may have to do that. That's a good idea. <laughs> I can only imagine how much tickets are gonna cost on the secondary market for Duke Carolina at Cameron this upcoming season. Yeah, I, I'm already I mean, thinking that's it, that's four figures at minimum. Oh, absolutely. I wouldn't be surprised to see a couple six. Um, you know, of course I see it. Um but yeah, I mean, they're, 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 you know, the secondary market for tickets is, is expensive anyway for Duke Carolina. But um, yeah, for coaches last game, I'm, I'm sure they're going to skyrocket. Um, I wanted to talk to you about this. You you were very open while you were in school uh, about some of the hardships you went through after your sister passed. And you even took that one year off. And um, before, you know, like the last few years, it's become a little bit more um acceptable for players to talk about the mental health and their mental struggles uh, that they have to, they've gone through. And in recent times, um, you know, there may have been things like back when I was younger or whatever, but in recent times, you were probably like one of the first players I remember to actually, you know, that actually admitted uh, what was, what was happening and what was going on uh, with that. And obviously you don't get a chance to do that without uh, someone like coach K who gets a chance, who, uh, supports you and allows you uh to do that um you know as, as far as when that situation was going on how did coach k help you and and help make that situation kind of better for you and also being able to allow you some space so you could heal uh mentally so you could be back on the court 100 yeah i mean it was um it was a situation where um you know for me personally like i i didn't know that i really understood you know, what I was dealing with while I was dealing with it. And um, it wasn't, it was less of um, like, you know, allowing me to take time. And it was more so saying you need to take time um, just because, you know, he, you know, he'd been around me for <clears throat> three years and understood um, that I just, you know, just wasn't quite right. And so, um, you know, it was a blessing just to be able to take that time, step away from basketball. Um, you know, I didn't even, I didn't play <laughs> for a long time, for a few months. Um, and just, you know, to be able to look the issue in the eye and, and figure out, um, first, you know, understanding that there was a problem and then, you know, starting to figure out how to uh, get through that problem. So, um, yeah, I mean, I don't think I 
could have been in a better place. Um, and then, you know, them welcoming me back with open arms for that last year was, um, was, you know, awesome as well. So, um, you know, he and I have spoken about it, uh, after I left. And, um, so yeah, you know, I just, you know, told him I appreciate it. So it was, it was his idea for, for you to take that year off. Yeah. Yeah. Came from him first. Wow. I mean, that's big because, you yeah. know, that's, I mean, around that time, it wasn't that long ago, maybe like 10 years ago, but around that time, you didn't hear about, you know, things like that um, happening. So it's it's, uh, it's cool that he he recognized that and, and gave yeah. you that space. That's really cool. Well, yeah, I mean, I think that's one of the things that's uh, kind of underrated about him is, um, you know, he really, he, he cares about us. And, you know, I know people on the outside looking in don't get to see um all the things you know that he does for us and i think you know he'll say the same he's, he's more proud of his accomplishments um you know through us off the court than he is on the court um and you know i think that's just what makes uh Duke so special is just that family atmosphere and um yeah you know we, we all feel like we're part of one big family was this something that off the court struggles is this something that you are constantly having conversations at least in the past with with your teammates about were they your outlet in terms of being able to to talk to them about about different struggles? Uh, no, not really, because you know when I was kind of in the thick of it, um, you know, I don't know that I even really understood, you know, until I had you know took a step back because you know basketball is such a big part of our lives. It's like you know you just got to go in every day and uh, put your head down and work. And um, so yeah, for me, I don't know that I really knew. Uh, what I was dealing with until I got a chance to take a step back and uh, and really address it. All right, let's switch gears a little bit. Um, your former teammate, John Shire, um, is going to be the next head coach after uh, Coach K final, uh, officially uh, retires uh, after next season. And uh, you, you had a chance to play with him. You won a national championship with him. And uh, one thing I thought was interesting today, Coach K said, John Shire is one of the smartest coaches uh, in America and nobody knows it. Um, so I want to get your take from your experiences with John and just his basketball IQ and his ability to be able to lead a team. Yeah. I mean, I think, um, you know, I only, we only played together for the one year, but in that one year, you know, I got to understand his game and, and I think, you know, his IQ is what made him, uh, so special, you know, you know, he'll tell you himself, he, you know, he wasn't the best athlete. Uh, you know, he wasn't dunking on anybody. Um, you know, he wasn't, you know, he didn't have like, you know, the super tight handle where, you know, he's, you know, doing crazy things with the ball, but he was just super steady. And, you know, that senior year, I'm pretty sure he led the, <clears throat> led the NCAA in assist turnover ratio just because he knew, you know, he knew um, how to play the game. He knew, you know, his limits and, you know, he, he stayed within those and, um, that's not a knock. That's that's high praise. So, you know, a lot of guys um, never really get to understand that. And um, you know, when you play within, when you play within your means at, at such a high level, um, you end up with, with really good things. And so, uh, I'm excited to see what he does, man. You know, he does have a super high basketball IQ, and um, you know, I'm sure it feels good from him getting, you know, that nod of approval from from coach. So uh, I'm excited to see what he does. Is he a pretty hyper competitive person too, like Coach K? Oh, yeah, incredibly. Competitive. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, he's he's pretty low key, but um, yeah, he's he's definitely super competitive for sure. 
That's awesome. Um, I, I wanted to know, like, you know, I, I hate doing this because it's not about the rivalry, but you, you kind of have to talk about uh, the rivalry. And it's just interesting that another legendary head coach just two months ago, Roy Williams decided to retire as well. Uh, but his was more abrupt and immediate. And so the parallels there with, you know, two uh, legendary coaches and that somebody who played at the school, uh, who was also a, an assistant coach for a while, is who's going to be the person to succeed the legendary coach at the school. So now you're going to have uh, the, these two legendary schools uh, who uh, had a former player who's a former assistant to now be the head coach. But that's where it stops because at Carolina, uh, they've had two legendary head coaches already in Dean Smith and Roy Williams. At Duke, when you think about legendary head coaches, there were great coaches in the past, but nobody crosses that that legend status or, you know, that superstar status. And so, so far, we haven't seen it happen at Duke yet. Do you think John Shire has what it takes to be that next uh, legend for Duke, to be that second person the way Roy Williams was at Carolina? Um, I mean, I think he does. I mean, you know, I'm going to be biased. He, you know, he was my, my captain. <laughs> uh, you know, yeah. he was the senior captain my freshman year. So, you know, I always root for him. And, um, you know, we keep in touch a decent amount. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think he does. Um, like I said, very high basketball IQ. And hyper competitive so i know he's going to do everything in his power um you know to get wins and um he's you know already shown his prowess on the recruiting trails which obviously is very important in college basketball and um you know nolan and sewell are both uh great recruiters as well and uh you know great coaches sewell has a lot of experience um being on the sidelines so you know i mean i think uh you know as long as he keeps you know a good team around him and um, i'm interested to see how he feels that last spot uh, on the bench um you know i think you know someone with some experience would be would be great for him but yeah i mean like i said i'm excited i think he's gonna do well um obviously the bar set pretty high uh, i'm not expecting you know 1100 wins and five national championships or anything like that but um <laughs> But if he does, great, yeah. right? <laughs> I mean, yeah, but if he does, you know, like, what the heck, that'd be that'd be a hell of a, a, a two-coach run, you know? Yeah. You're 40 years from now, we'll all be back at Cameron. Yeah, yeah about his... Don will be retiring, and he'll have 1,200 <laughs> wings and a bunch of <laughs> um, I, I do want to know um, a little bit more about, like, for, for you, you, you have the podcast, you talk about uh, Duke basketball. Would you want to – be a part of that coaching staff do you want to get into coaching or are you just good uh doing what you're doing now to talk about basketball uh shameless plug Dawkins on duke check it out anywhere you get your podcast um i've listened really i've, def- I've definitely yeah. listened <laughs> uh this had a great combo with uh grant hill he gave us two hours so go check that one out it's really good um but mm-hmm. yeah uh yeah i mean you know john calls i'm coming um you know uh, <laughs> i've i've told him as much um but yeah, I mean, you know, I'm sure it's you know probably a whirlwind, yeah, whirlwind right now for him. So you know, I'm not, you know, I'm not hitting his phone up asking um, <laughs> for, for a position. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'd love to come back. I love Duke. Uh, my wife loves Duke. Um, you know, Durham is is you know it's home for us. It was home for us for you know for me for five years. Uh, she was there for five and a half years. You know, we've got friends that are more like family there. So. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, John calls. I'm coming. I'm on the first flight for sure. 
Nice. I have one. I have one final question. Not only is Coach K stepping away, but Kevin White, the athletic director, stepping away. Now Nina King was there. She was there pretty early when you had arrived at Duke. Have you? Do you have any interactions with Nina King, who's now going to be the new athletic director at Duke? Um. Yeah, I know Nina. Um. Probably had more more interactions with Doctor White. Um. You know he was. Uh, really different as AD. I feel like, you know, he was, you know, very interested in us as people. So I uh, got to, <clears throat> you know, chat with him a little bit um, over the years. And um, Nina as well. Uh, my wife is, is probably a bit closer with Nina. Um, she uh, worked under Dr. White and uh, reported to Nina. So um, they're pretty close. So, um, yeah, honestly, it's, it's really cool to see, like, uh, you know, my captain is, is going to be the coach. And then, um, my, you know, my wife's former boss is going to be the AD. So, um, yeah, it, it's really cool. So, you know, best case scenario is, you know, they both give us a call and we can, we can both come back and work at Duke. <laughs> so you, you mentioned your wife, your wife, uh, went to Duke as well and she used to work there or. Uh, no, she just worked there. Uh, she worked okay. there for five years. Yeah. Five and a half years. Okay. Hey, well, that's a that's a great love story then. If, if yeah, you guys, yeah, uh, yeah, I mean, can yeah, end up Duke, getting back Duke, there. Yeah, Duke did it all for us, man. You know, I got a national <laughs> championship, got a degree, found my wife. It's just, you know, it checked all the boxes for us. Yeah, that's awesome. That's it's really romantic, yeah. actually. <laughs> so uh, you guys do the do the ten year, um, you know, re, uh, vow renewal, then you need to go right there in front of the chapel or something, right? And yeah, yeah, just do it right there in Durham that. for sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Cool. I, I'm, we appreciate you. I'm still a uh, single guy, so clearly I missed out on something. You, know? <laughs> you didn't go to Duke. Yeah. That was your problem. Yeah, that you probably look in the right places, man. You got to look in the right places. <laughs> but you're close to Duke, so maybe you could drive over there uh, and maybe find somebody that works in athletics. Maybe Andre can hit, hook you up with somebody who's over there as well. Yeah, I may be able to. We'll see. For, <laughs> for the right price. For the right price. <laughs> wow. So there's Andre's uh, marriage services as well, too. So he's yeah. got all kinds of businesses yeah, he's doing along with plug, a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure you listen to the podcast, Dawkins on Duke. Where can everybody find that? Uh, anywhere. Anywhere you have podcasts, man. Apple, Spotify. Uh, got a YouTube channel as well if you want to watch them. Uh, just check out The Field of 68 on YouTube. Um we tweet all of them from the field of 68. So, um, yeah, there's no reason for you guys not to check it out. And give it five stars, just like you're going to give this oh, Culture yeah. State podcast five stars. We appreciate you for coming stars. on, my man. Yes, sir. Thank you. I want to thank Andre Dawkins for uh, joining us on the Culture State podcast. Mm-hmm. also want to thank Ninth Wonder and Brian Zubak and, and Gerald Henderson and Lance Thomas for all giving their time. Uh, to the media during those press conferences. Uh, those That sound that you heard was all from uh, the press conferences where they didn't have to talk to us. They, they talked to us at the end. Um, you know, they gave us their time. And, um, you know, we're really appreciative of that. And it could give us like a different perspective and, and different voices around what's happening uh, with Coach K. Yeah, it's always nice when people are willing to give their time like that when they don't have to. I mean, media is an obligation to a lot of coaches and athletes. Uh, and, but when people are willing to give their time like they do with us, we we truly appreciate it. We truly and genuinely appreciate it. One thing um, I had to remind Brian Zubek. So I went hiking at, at uh, uh, Hanging Rock maybe back okay. in 2009 or 2010. Maybe it was right Love after the, the national championship. I can't remember exactly when. But I was with uh, who was my girlfriend at the time. 
And then we go to, no, this was 2009. And I, I go and we we look over and there's a super tall dude. Like, wait a minute, that's <laughs> Brian Zubak. And so I went and I took a picture with him. I have to try to find that picture uh, yeah, you out there. But uh, I had to remind him of that. He was like, hmm, I slightly remember that. <laughs> so it's <was> like, <laughs> all right, cool. <laughs> like, all right, cool. So that's what's up. And I told him, I, like, I'm at WRL now and all that. And he's doing, like, real estate in Philadelphia and everything. So we both kind of gone up in our careers and things like that. Mm-hmm. I do want to bring this up, though. Okay. We mentioned the pressure being on John Shire. Yeah. As far as more pressure is on him than what it is on Hubert Davis. But do you know who the real pressure is going to be on? Tell me. Kevin Keats. Oh, yeah. At NC State. Yes. For NC State. Think about the, the idea of being an NC State fan. Mm-hmm. Living in, in the 919. This is the biggest school of the area. Probably has the largest economic impact as far as like the programs that are there and the amount of uh, of alum that stay in the area and work in the area. Yeah. Probably the biggest economic impact out of Duke in North Carolina and NC State. NC State has it. But who else can say that their two biggest rivals are only 30 minutes away from them in the same market? You're a bigger school, have a bigger fan base, mm-hmm. but the other two schools get more national attention in yeah. the sports, in the sport that you want the attention in is basketball, right? Arguably, NC State has been the best overall in football, um, but they haven't been like national championship splash type of football team. So it doesn't resonate the same. And now you've had this legend that's been here for 40 years. You had a legend at Carolina and then another legend come at Carolina. And all you've been waiting for is a chance to be better than Duke in North Carolina on a regular basis. Yeah. This is your shot, NC State fans. It is. It, this, the pressure is on, Kevin Keats. <laughs> Keats is going to go here soon to be the longest tenured men's basketball coach in the area in terms of the Power Five schools. Yeah. That, yeah. That's what he's going to be. He's yeah. going to be the longest tenured <laughs> men's basketball coach. That is wild to think about. Yeah, yeah pressure. Th- there's definitely going to be some pressure on him for sure, but I, I do like where Keats and that program has been trending since he's gotten there. Yeah. But you know, it's NC state fans don't want it to just be good. They don't want to just beat Carolina. Yeah. Beat Duke once a year. Right. They want to make long runs in the NCAA tournament. Mm -hmm. You know, they want to get to the final four. They want to potentially win a national championship. They want to start beating out Duke and North Carolina for recruits. That still hasn't happened yet. So the time pressure will tell. Is on. Time will tell. TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> the fans are waiting. We'll uh, see yeah. what happens. With Absolutely. We talked about it before. We'll, we'll wrap with this. When all three programs, in, the, in terms of the Power Fives, Duke, State, Carolina, when on both men's and women's side, when they are all good, it only means it's better for everybody. Absolutely. We're already seeing it on the women's side. Definitely want to see it continue on the men's side. I was just about to say mm-hmm. it's definitely happening on the women's side, and folks definitely need to pay attention because those games next year will be amazing. Mm-hmm. Thank you guys so much for listening to the Culture State podcast. We're gonna have some NC State flavor next week. Yeah, we will. Head football coach Dave Dorn is gonna join us right here on the Coach State podcast. Yeah, that's right. He's gonna tell me how uh, terrible of a person I am. Well, actually, you're gonna tell me how terrible <laughs> of a person I am for not liking IPAs. <laughs> <laughs> 
but you'll have to listen to that next week. And he'll be the first uh, current, you know, active head coach that'll join us on Culture State. So we we definitely appreciate him for for doing that and fitting us into his schedule. So he's a, he's a cool guy in my book. So that's right. Yeah, I have fun conversation. Definitely tune in next week. But until then, share this with your friends. Leave us that thick, thick, thick five star review as you look at Show Smooth Callous Hands because he does overhead snatches because he lifts weights because he's thick. With two C's. <laughs> right. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening. We'll see you next week. The Culture State Podcast, part of the Capital Broadcasting Podcast Network, with new shows coming out every Wednesday. Download and subscribe from wherever you get your podcasts, including the WREL Sports Fan app.